welcome to What Is My Podcast About. This is a podcast where on a fortnightly basis we get together to talk about a different topic, kind of discuss at length, and decide if we want to make a podcast about it. I'm your host, Peter Akerley, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Grace. Hello. And Keith Ramsey. Hey. So how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. This last week's been pretty uneventful for me, though. Fair. Yeah, it, it, we're in that slow gap, I feel, before everything just starts fucking coming out in March. Yeah. Yeah. When we will no longer have any money. Yeah, March is going to be a rough month for us. Yeah, March, yeah. It's just spring in general, it's just going to be so much coming out. So much coming out in March, and then add to that the fact that, hey, the PS5 coming out later this year might be a little more expensive because of lack of parts for them. True. Now, to be fair, they're, they're probably, if it's going to be a holiday release like most consoles usually are, Yeah. it's probably not at the manufacturing stage just yet. So, uh, from what I've been hearing, it's all speculation it's going to be cost. If the issues with the production, uh, mainly related to the coronavirus, are still prominent at that time, definitely I do see there's mostly going to be a price increase. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, console makers try to make as little profit on the consoles as they can because most of the profit's not from selling the console. It's, it's from getting, selling the games. Yeah, getting you yeah. on their platform and then you buy everything on their platform. And yeah. with you know streaming services and subscriptions being so prominent now... I feel like there's even more money to be made by making sure more people get your console regardless of how you get into their hands. Exactly. doesn't matter if you buy the console at cost so long as you're spending hundreds of dollars a month on the games and subscription services on the console. And all people are just worried. It's like, is Sony going to do what they did again with the PlayStation 3 and just screw themselves by being overconfident with the last console? I don't know. Maybe. That's why the 360 is so infamous within that lineup. Yeah. It, uh... It was a little bit rough for them. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with the next generation. Because Sony did say... I think it was Sony. Yeah. They announced that they implemented full support for cross-system play. Yeah, they have cross-system. They did say that it's going to have backwards compatibility to 4. But there's been rumors speculating for a while now that it's going to be the full backwards compatibility. Which uh, Xbox and well, Microsoft specifically has been just really been pushing for that full backwards compatibility you buy the game once you have it forever in our library yeah and they keep saying like oh we're gonna get specs about it soon and i'm i really want to play final fantasy 7 remake when it comes out yes and i don't like i say hey if it's full backwards compatibility in the five i i can probably stick it and wait until it comes out pick that up and just play the backlog but the longer it takes i don't know if i'm gonna hold yeah yeah because the trailers that they're releasing for the remake now oh looks so good I don't think Animal Crossing is going to hold me off long enough to not want to play Final Fantasy. No, definitely not. <laughs> Alright, speaking of vintage video games that we all enjoy from our childhoods. Yes. Let's talk about a different video game. Specifically. Jet Set Radio? I was going to say Ape Escape, oh. but uh... I mean, I am wearing an Alter B shirt. There is another one that we should probably talk about based on the stuff that's currently on our table, and it's clearly Animal Crossing. We have an Animal Crossing amiibo on the table. <laughs> Looks a little bit like Sonic, which is weird, but I'm sure that was unintentional. Uh, no, we're talking about the new Sonic movie. That's our episode for today. The most romantic movie you've ever seen. Yeah, it's classic uh, Valentine's Day release date. Let's release a new Sonic movie on Valentine's Day so all the lovely couples can go see Sonic. <laughs> it's the Deadpool problem. A not at all romantic movie. Absolutely wanting people to go see it on To be fair, with, with Deadpool, they did the beautiful thing of trying to market it as a Valentine's movie so that <laughs> you could trick your significant other into going to see it. And they even call it out in the beginning of the movie, Deadpool talks to the screen and talks about how, 
what the fuck is it? this movie? Why did my boyfriend bring me to this? <laughs> so yes, Sonic movie recently came out. We all saw it. It literally came out last Friday, so it's only been out in a couple days. But Yeah, it'd be two weeks by the time you're listening to this, most likely. Yeah. Unless you're listening to it even further. This is the fastest I've ever gone to see a movie that's come out in theaters for a long time. Yeah, because you've got to go fast to see the Sonic movie. Yeah. Uh, no, but apparently everyone's seeing it. It's doing really well for its box office yeah. open weekend, which is... I mean, I don't know how much of a brag it is, but it's doing better than Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad it is doing well, though, because with all the edits they did, if it did not do well, it just would have shut down the need to listen to your audience ever again. Also, it's a good sign for, uh... For video game movies yes. being made in general. We yeah. haven't had a lot of good video game movies, so having good ones encourages them to keep trying to make good ones. Oh, oh definitely. Like, I think it's getting a bit of head about our thoughts on the movie specifically, but I wouldn't say it's an amazing movie. No. But it was definitely an okay, good movie. It was fun to sit through. Obviously marketed towards kids, so I'm not going to be, you know, edging my seat the whole time. Uh, but it's a good tremor having. Detective Pikachu did well. Yeah. This has done well. The only other good movie I could think of would be the original Mortal Kombat movie. But they even have a new one of that coming up. I'm feeling like we're at that point now where most people that grew up playing these games are now the ones in the position to making the movies. So they have that understanding of what made it fun and the nostalgia for it that allows the good movies to be made. Whereas before it was more people saying, kids like Resident Evil, let's make a Resident Evil movie. <laughs> Re- Resident Evil was good on its own thing though. Like you had to kind of distance it from being yeah. Resident Evil. If you could separate it from the Resident Evil games, it was a great movie. Yeah. And also, if the producers learned anything from this, I hope them and any other producing studios learn to take fan input into consideration when they're making the movies. Because that's what this studio did in changing Sonic from the old, terrifying model to the brand new version that actually looks good. I mean, going back to like when the trailers came out, the first trailer came out to, <laughs> to Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I found funny was when we got the second trailer, a lot of people were saying, well, was this going to be a bait-and-switch type situation where they purposely made the first one bad so that the when the next model came out, even though it was a bad movie, it would get like that popularity because, like, oh, good guy Paramount. Uh, at least it wasn't what it w- looked like it was going to be. One thing I did catch on and it became a lot more apparent to me when I was looking into it, have you guys looked closely to both models together? Uh, a fair bit, not extensively they're actually not that different the model is pretty much the exact same it's mostly the eyes that yeah the eyes are made bigger they removed the teeth thank god for they that. changed the color so the, the old color was more muted and yeah. this one yeah. more, more vibrant. vibrant and after that instead of having white hands he had gloves and his shoes were made to more look like uh the soap shoes essentially that he ends up using in uh, sonic adventure yeah so everything else about the model was excellent the only thing that changed was his accessories changed the color and made the eyes bigger pretty much the model's the exact same. It still has those creepy human-like legs. And when you're looking at the original trailer and the scenes in it, and then looking at the movie, the scenes put the exact same. There's literally no changes except for the Sonic model. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, again, the only grape that fans had when they first saw the trailer. Oh, yeah. And you, I guess you, at the same time, you can't say, oh, the movie's going to be bad without seeing it. I feel like there's a very few movies where you can tell that just from the trailer. Yeah. So anyways, I think we might as well... Dive in and start talking about the plot of this movie and all the fun things that happen, all the cool little references that we get. Yeah. Makes sense? Makes sense. Alright. So the movie opens up to a big old fight scene in the middle of San Francisco City. I had a problem with this. 
I, I hate I, this trope. I hate <laughs> this fucking trope of starting at the climax and being like, but how did we get here? Let's jump back in time and show where the story yeah. actually started. It's really overdone, but... It's the trope to- of, I know the intro isn't interesting enough, so I need to leave a hook of... It's definitely going to get interesting. <laughs> if you hang out me. long enough in the movie, you're going to get to see what's going yeah. on here. But to be fair, it does match the personality of Sonic. I want to go fast. I want to see the excitement. Here's the excitement. Okay, let's back it up so you're not quite so confused. I I would accept that if instead it had have started where the movie should start, which is the Green Hill Zone. Have Sonic be like, wait, this is boring. Jump to the end and then be like, ah, oh, no, you guys actually want to hear the story and then jump back. Yeah, that was if they had have done that, I would have been a lot more on board with it than the way they did it. So anyways, starts of San Francisco, fight scene, blah, 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 blah. Back in time to the actual beginning of the story, which is... With Son- some nice little uh, Sonic-made sound effects to go along with the rewind. Yeah, yep. Sonic sound effects. We get Baby Sonic, because we haven't got enough of those yet. Goddamn Baby Sonic running around the Green Hill Zone. But yes, it's very much like the actual Green Hills, Like a 3D version of the Green Hill Zone from the video games. You have these essentially two-dimensional landscapes, which are just thin strips of land that go through... Rolling hills and loop-de-loops and spikes yeah. that he can jump off and of. And the bridge also collapses. He yeah. runs across and it. And public access to loop-de-loops in Lords of Sonic. Uh, the grass is even colored in stripes of darker and lighter green. You see the tiling of the different colors on the rock walls. They do it all in a way that makes it look like it's not just a video game, but actually, like, just weird land that happens to look this way. Yeah. You even get, like, the first hint that this is clearly a game that's... Or not a game, a movie that's designed to be addressed to kids when Sonic has the very pandering line of, There's no school! How great is that, guys? My plan is the best! I don't have to go to school, eh? Oh, that that felt cringy to me. <laughs> Again, a lot of these things... This movie is very much aimed towards kids, not us. We're more of secondary because we were Sonic fans growing up. <laughs> but So I, even though I was, like, uh, about a few of those things, I, I didn't really, like put it as a negative to the movie because that'd be like going to see a movie that is 100% not for me in any way and then saying well it's not good because it's not this yeah that's what I'm doing it's not good because it wasn't made for me <laughs> but uh, we see Sonic running super fast drawing attention of all the creatures who live in the land and then saying I was going too fast no one could have seen me uh, we get introduced to Sonic's essentially adoptive mother like, of Longclaw the Owl. Yeah, the producer's OC Sonic character, Longclaw the Owl. Because oh it doesn't God. exist in the Sonic universe in any sense. I was so confused that entire interaction with Longclaw. I was like, is that one of the characters from Guardians of Gahul or something <laughs> like that? Why is this character in this movie? No, they're 100% new for the movie specifically. So it is 100%, uh, maybe not the producer, but someone's OC that's now in the Sonic... Someone did it. Someone finally got an OC. Their OC official. <laughs> their OC is now canonical. So. <laughs> and on that stupid Sonic Forces way. <laughs> but yeah, so we learn from her that she was telling Sonic to keep his power hidden because it's an amazing power. He's unique for it and everyone's going to want the power for themselves. And he's like, that's nonsense. I'm just a regular little hedgehog. And besides, I'm too fast. No one can see me or catch me anyway. Well, it's a shame for him that, as what happens in the Echidna tribe finds him, that Echidnas are as strong as Sonic is fast. Yes. Strong enough that they can fly by pure muscle. I assume, based on my knowledge of Knuckles the Echidna. Or in some versions, pausing the game. Yes. And then we have a near Bambi moment where... I don't know if it's a near Bambi moment. Well, it's, it's... Supposed to I, I, okay. try to feel like a near Bambi moment for kids. Movie, movie rules, no body, no one's dead. 
Yeah, the Guardians of Gahul Owl is still alive. Yeah. And they're going to show up in the sequel as the villain who's now been completely decked out in, like, metal wings and shit like that. Trust me, it's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, uh, we find out that Sonic's rings, rather than being, like, a measure of his health or something, are a way for him to teleport from one world to another as a galactic spacefaring civilized race obviously does i mean and that's a pretty cool thing because that is in a way a nod back to the games because uh to get to the bonus levels that was exactly what yeah, you, you did you needed to have a ring you need to have a certain amount of rings and then you could jump through the giant ring yeah and that get into the bonus zone where you get the chaos emeralds yeah speaking of which a little bit disappointed that there weren't any references to chaos emeralds in this movie just like throughout the games i could be forgetting one but i don't can't think of any instances where like, the main drive for the villains was to gain access to Sonic's power. It has usually been either the Chaos Emeralds or some other power source that they're seeking after. And Sonic just represents the forces of good fighting against them. Well, as we get further in the movie, the way I was feeling about this movie specifically was... It almost felt like it was a prequel to the games. So that's why I was okay with the Chaos Emeralds not being a focal point. It does explain the whole Robotnik to Eggman transition, so... Yeah, it explains I, yeah. a lot of the characters, so... I, I was feeling, and we'll get to this at the end when we're talking about the ending, but I felt the ending of this movie was going to be Sonic and Eggman, pretty much both of them going through the ring and being trapped on that other planet or whatever it was, and thus kind of in a way is like a soft prequel to the games Mm. from the original series. So yes, uh, Sonic goes through a portal, comes through various different worlds, constantly leaving them because of the fact that people learn about his power and want it for themselves. Well, it, I believe it's actually that he's never transported except once, uh, that one time from uh, Green Hill Zone to Earth, because he's been uh, for 10 years no, watching everybody. He not has the quite. map of the different planets he could go to, and several of them are crossed out. Yeah, so jumping ahead a little bit, when he's discovered and he's panicking, he's like, oh no, I have to leave Earth even though I don't want to. He pulls up the map of worlds that he can go to, and every single one's crossed off except the last one. So I think it's not actually shown on screen, but I think it is suggested that he has been to several different planets and keeps being found and trapped, which is why he knows that his only option left is the mushroom planet, where there are no living beings, only mushrooms, so there's no one to want his power other than mushrooms. Also mushrooms. (laughs) Also there are mushrooms, from what I understand, of the mushroom planet. Mushroom Hill Zone. Mushroom Hill Zone. So yeah, um, he ends up in Green Hill... Green Hills, sorry, uh, a small town in Middle America where he uh, kind of considers himself a member of the town and friends to all the people, even though they are unaware of the fact that he is friends with them. They are definitely his friend. Oh, I believe as he explains it so well, and the thing is that uh, he's just hanging out with everyone and no one's aware that he's there. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, like, he has to stay hidden, but he wants to enjoy his time there with everyone too. Yeah, so we uh, get several different uh, moments of him kind of watching human culture from the outside i we think get, our, fir- our first interaction with him in the human world is him Earth, running past the yeah, yeah he's is, checking his speed on the speed trap yeah, yeah there's the main character police officer tom tom and he's bored out of his mind at a little speed trap it's like measuring the speed of a turtle crossing the road well yeah because he's standing there just waiting for a single car to drive by to give him something police related to do ends up uh, scanning a turtle, which is going a tenth of a mile per hour. And he gives the turtle shit for going that fast. And then he just kind of sets his scanner up on the dash, and it beeps and goes, says something was going past at 296 like, miles per hour. And yeah. he's like, 
wait, what was that? And he's like holding it up. And then in the back of the car, we see Sonic peering through the rear, uh, rear windshield, kind of gauging his speed. He's, he's like, like, okay, I, 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 I can see, do better than that. Yeah. And then uh, just a moment later, he zooms past again at 300 miles an hour. And he's all proud of himself. Like, yeah, got to 300. Like fist pump by himself. It's like, yeah. oh boy. And this is where Tom ends up finding, like, one of the quills, which is kind of like a big MacGuffin of the whole story, and has to go off, because the deputy's like, we got a gang shooting downtown. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Duck stole a bagel, but they need that bagel back. Yeah. And then we get the scene of Sonic with the turtle, where yeah. he's running really fast, the turtle, and it's like, okay, the turtle's kind of enjoying it, and he puts the turtle down, and the turtle's just shaking violently. Yeah. I'm like, oh god. Oh, that scene was adorable. Especially where, like, initially he's holding it in both hands in front of his chest while running, and then he's like, now you're gonna get the sensation of flying, and he holds it in one hand off above his shoulder, and then as he's running, let's go. And he's like, oh no, runs back, catches it before it hits the ground, and then keeps running. But like, is it before he hits the ground? Because Sonic says, great recovery, bud. It's definitely before he hit the ground, because I'm going to tell you right now, if that turtle hit the ground running, going that fast, it would not have survived. <laughs> I think it's recovery in that he managed to not hit the ground and continue flying, according to Sonic. <laughs> And that's where we end up getting the intro into the scenes of where it's introduced in town. And we get probably my favorite reference in the whole thing with Crazy Carl talking about the Blue Devil. Oh, his shoulder! He's got a picture of Sanic! Yes, <laughs> Sanic the Hedgehog! Sanic! It's literally the artwork of Sanic from the internet. It's spectacular. So, yeah, we have Crazy Carl who knows about Sonic, but no one else believes him that the Blue Devil exists. Uh, we're introduced to Tom, who... Sonic knows as the Donut Lord because he likes to hold donuts in front of his face and talk to them as if they're people. And then uh, eat them when they get out of line. Yeah, and he later calls him out for it and he's like, why do you call me the Donut Lord? And he's like, because you talk to donuts and eat them if they get out of line. <laughs> Tom's like, fair play, yeah, that's a fitting name. Yeah, I accept it. We also find out that Tom is currently married to a woman called the Pretzel Lady, according to Sonic. Because apparently she has no bones. So apparently she has no bones and likes to bend herself into a pretzel. Yeah. This was a really nice idea that I really like from the movie where we get Sonic naming different characters after foods just so that we have that prelude of him calling Dr. Robotnik Eggman later on in the game. Yeah. It's, or not in the game, later on in the movie. So we have that kind of character basic uh, basis for Sonic so that it makes sense when he jumps to start calling him Eggman. Yeah, and definitely like Robotnik's not helping himself at all because all of his drones are egg-shaped. Yeah. Yeah. Which does help because otherwise there's not a huge connection to start naming a Magman because during the movie he's very human shaped with hair on his head so nothing about him looks like an egg so yeah. he needs the egg shaped drones to kind of make it happen. Though he does refer to himself as an egg sack. He does refer to himself as an egg sack. I also I really wanted him at one point to like sloppily eat an egg sandwich or something just to give Sonic the extra reason to start calling him Eggman but no he... Doesn't really eat other than that one goat milk latte that he drinks during the movie. He kind of like sucks on Sonic Quill for a second. He, he does. He and tries gets, to and gets shot. He gets lightning mouth. So yes, at this point in the story, Sonic's kind of been introduced to Green Hill, uh, Green Hills. And then he starts to realize that even though he considers himself friends with everyone in the town, even though they never know he's hanging out with them, he's very lonely. We get a scene that... I don't know about you guys, but the entire time I was watching the scene at the baseball game where he's hiding under the bleachers watching the baseball game, I just thought of It Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where It is underneath the bleachers tempting kids to come down. 
Because it's just a lonely monster from outer space hiding under the bleachers at a baseball game. There might be something here. Uh, Sonic could have gone very dark if it was just a couple more years of not being around anybody. Yeah. So Sonic gets very lonely. Uh, he decides he wants to kind of relive the glory that these kids are experiencing on the yeah. so at nighttime, pitch. Yeah, nighttime, he comes out onto the baseball pitch and because of his speed, plays an entire game against two teams himself. Yes, he manages to play as the outfielder, the catcher, the pitcher, the batter. He's all the different people on the ball field. It does a really good job of like cutting two different Sonics, but not actually showing him running around. I think it would have been really cool to do like a top-down view for like five seconds of him at the pitch, and then like him running over to be like the other character in the outfield, then him running to the mound. I think that would have been fun, but whatever. It's all good. It also does a very good job of like showing two Sonics about to clash, but never having them both on the screen at the same time, which obviously they can't. Yeah. And then he realizes after he gets the game-winning home run that he's still... Very sad and alone. There's no one there to high-five him at the end like those kids had. It almost feels like a Combat Carl moment from Toy Story where like his whole character arc is built around trying to get a high-five, which he does get at the end of the movie. <laughs> but yes, this is where we realize that Sonic's true power is powered by emotion. So his sadness and loneliness allows him to run faster than he's ever run before, and he gets the blue lightning form as he runs. Uh, laps around the home pitch, trying to get as many home runs as possible, I guess. And that causes an EMP. Yes. Short suit, all power in that town. Not just and that town, the entire eastern yes. seaboard. Which causes the president? No, we never actually see the president, though he is mentioned a few times. A leading general. It's like a couple people in the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk about how they're going to do a drone strike on Middle America, and then they're like, no, let's not do that. We need a man of science to solve this problem. And they're all like, Egad, no, you can't. He's a madman. He's insane. He's crazy. I mean, to be fair, this man does label his electrical breaker as evil lab. He absolutely yes. does. I did really like that moment. Uh, and that's when we get introduced to Dr. Robotnik. Uh, Ivo Robotnik, as he's known in the games. Played by Jim Carrey, who actually did pretty good at this role. Yeah, I think he did spectacular at this role. So, yes, we get Dr. Robotnik. His introduction as a character, with him interacting with a general who's in charge of, like, discovering what happened with the EMP blast, and him just completely disregarding the entire general. He's like, sorry, what was your name again? And he starts saying his name. Nobody cares! Nobody cares. Okay, nobody. You go stand over there and let me do my job. So then we get... The kind of view of Dr. Robotnik releasing a bunch of drones to go hunt for Sonic. And he makes a really bad line of, guess what came out of my egg sack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we end up seeing Dr. Robotnik finds one of the footprints of Sonic because Sonic's shoes are so torn to shit. His foot actually shows through his shoe. Uh, and Dr. Robotnik uses the imprint of the footprint to figure out the exact, actual, exact size, weight, Skeletal height structure. and spinal skeletal structure of the creature that they found. And that's cool and all, but how do you know that's specifically responsible for the EMP? I don't know. But he also determines that that is of a creature not found anywhere on Earth, other than in the form of the hedgehog, which he doesn't call out, even though Sonic's clearly just a normal hedgehog that happens to be blue. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what hedgehogs look like, guys. Prove me wrong. So Sonic running away to try and find somewhere... Well, he first goes back to his cave, realizing 
Earth is no longer safe for him and he has to leave. Only to have drones stumble across his cave as he's trying to pack up all the things he loves to go to the mushroom planet. Uh, and he realizes his cave isn't safe. He can't make the ring here. He has to go to the garage of James Marsden's character, Tom. Sheriff Tom. Donut Lord. Donut Lord. So while he is in the... He accidentally knocks over the garbage can trying to get into the garage, which alerts Donut Lord that the quote-unquote raccoons are back. Yes, because earlier on in the movie we see a whole bunch of raccoons eating his trash. So he grabs the tranquilizer gun of his girlfriend Pretzel Lady. Who's a vet. Who is a veterinary, which is why she owns a tranquilizer gun. Although she also states that it's specifically for bears, so don't shoot a raccoon because it will kill a raccoon. And he's like, uh, maybe. I'll, I'll maybe shoot the raccoons. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I'll use it to kill them. Of fear. And maybe tranquilize your darts. Don't uh, notice. Yeah. Uh, so he ends up going into the garage to try and find the raccoons, only to find a Sonic holding a ring as he's about to go to the mushroom planet. Kind of out of fear, he shoots Sonic in the lag. And Sonic, now hopped up on drugs, drops the ring while also reading Tom's shirt that says San Francisco, creating a portal to San Francisco through which the rest of his rings fall and now Sonic can't get away anymore. Thus letting us know that when Sonic gets injured, he loses his rings. Yes. Yes. Which did happen a couple other times in the movie. Yeah. So, Sonic's now drugged. He's falling asleep and waking up in a dog cage. I do enjoy this part too, where they have the whole he's having the whole idea of like what to do with this and trying to figure out exactly. And Sonic just wakes up and opens up the door and walks out. Yeah. And then uh, James Marsden is like realizes, oh wait, the Blue Devil is real. This is the Blue Devil. Oh my god! I believe he, uh, the comic gets made at one point, whether it's here or a bit soon. It's like you should really change his name to Very Observant Carl. Yes. Yes. That's uh, that happens later. We also have uh, James Marsden uh, accusing Sonic of being an alien and asking if he wants to abduct him. And Sonic's like, hey, you're the one who abducted me. I'm clearly not about to abduct you. Yeah, and then when like the egg truck shows up too, it's like, are you trying to, are they, are they, are they coming to probe me? He's like, hey, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> so we end up uh, hiding Sonic in the attic while James Marsden talks to Dr. Robotnik. Uh, Dr. Robotnik sends his drones in to sweep the host while he's distracting Mr. Tom. Only to have the drones almost immediately find Sonic up in the attic. They don't actually find him, but they're scanning through the attic. And Sonic does the classic hedgehog move of curling up into a ball and pretending to be a basketball so that he doesn't get noticed. Only to freak out before he's even scanned and roll away like a ball uh, down into the kitchen where they're having a conversation. And they hear the commotion at the front door, and Dr. Robotnik's like, what's that? Shall we check then? Bursts into the house, only to see raccoons somehow inside the house. Eating cake. cake. To which James Marsden then offers him the cake, being like, yeah, you want some cake? I hear raccoons have the cleanest mouths of anything that eats trash. Now, now the cake gag, I really enjoyed the one that came up earlier. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yes. his whole thing is he wants to get the job being... He uh, wants to transfer to San Francisco. To be a police officer. And then when she pulls up the cake after he gets the letter, it's like, San Francisco sucks. <laughs> yeah. and Forget like, those suckers, those losers. And it's like, oh, wait, wrong cake. And pulls it the other way. It's like, I never, I never doubted you. Yeah. Never dead me, eh? Not for a second. Not for a second. So yes, uh, Dr. Robotic ends up finding out about Sonic. Because, well, he's about to uh, kill Tom. And Sonic's like, no, don't kill him. 
And Tom's like, what's going on? And then Dr. Robotnik's like, ah, I've found you. Yep, Dr. Robotnik sees Sonic, shrieks in surprise at this animal that he has never seen before and has no idea how it works because he's a man of science. And then James Marsden punches uh, Dr. Robotnik straight up in the face. Uh, and then they fight with the drone that has guns inside the room and run away in a truck. Only to have uh, Dr. Robotnik's friends, Agents Agent Stone, Stone. Uh, pull up to see them driving away. And he's like, yeah, sorry, Dr. Robotnik. I saw a truck driving away and I thought, he's like, you thought you would stop and catch them? Please tell me you thought you would stop and catch them. He's like, I thought you might be in danger and I came to save you. He's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't think he actually swears given that this is a kid's movie, but it's very heavily implied that he swears. And thus starts the Sonic uh, road trip because instead of, you know, running to San Francisco, he doesn't know the well, way. Initially, he can't run to San Francisco because his legs feel like spaghetti because Tom Marston shot him with a tranquilizer gun. Uh, Tom Marsden starts driving him to San Francisco. They get in a bit of a fight, and he's like, no, run to San Francisco. You can clearly do it fast enough. He's like, I don't know where that is. He's like, due west. And Sonic's like, great, fuck you, I'm gone. Heads due west, ends up in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Comes back with a fish on his head and a fucking... Starfish. Starfish, that's what I'm looking for. Attached to his face. Uh, only to chew out Tom, because it is not exactly due west. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm wet. Saltwater stinks, and I have a fish on my head. Uh, now, this is where another plot point gets introduced that I don't know why. So at this point, Tom is now a terrorist. Yes, Tom is uh, made out to be a terrorist because he is aiding and abetting Sonic in escaping. And rather than putting out a new story, rather than essentially sounding like Crazy Carol and being like, this blue hedgehog exists and it is the cause of all of our problems, they're just like, yep, yeah, Tom did it. It's easier to track down Tom than it is to track down this blue hedgehog, so we're going to chase after Tom. And of course, that's going to have issues for Tom, where he can't be out in public without getting arrested, and everyone's going to notice him, and it's going to have a real big payoff to the story. Literally never comes up once with another. It actually does come up with one other character, and that is Tom's sister-in-law, who is like, nope, I knew it, you're a terrorist, I've always known you were a terrorist, I hated you all along, and it's because you're a terrorist. <laughs> Uh, only for Tom's wife to be like, fuck you, he's not a terrorist, what's going on? Talk to me about this alien child you found. Yeah, and there's even scenes where he's out and about and no one makes that connection. Yeah, he goes to a bar, doesn't wear any sort of disguise in the bar, and everyone's like, yeah, cool, I hate you because you're a hipster, not because you're a terrorist who bombed, or who sent out an EMP that wiped out all power on Earth or something like that. Now, I gotta put it, the bar scene is actually a really fun scene. I, now, it is 100% the Quicksilver scene from X-Men. Yes. Oh, yes. But to be fair, I love that kind of Quicksilver, as I've started calling those scenes, Quicksilver scenes, where you have time slows down except for one character who's just moving around at normal speed. So, just watching Sonic walk around, like, handle this fight as calmly as possible. And and so then, just nonchalant and not a care in the world. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it's a fantastic scene, but yes, you're right, it does harken back to Quicksilver, but I don't think there's a problem with that. They yeah. did, made a cool scene. It was an amazing... I think it should be done more often with these speedster characters. Amazing oh, scene, fists flying everywhere, tables breaking, and then Sonic decides to speed up and put an end to this. Everything slows down, Sonic just nonchalantly walks around, does his little things, move a fist here, put a boar head on this dude's head there, 
and wrap then... two people in toilet paper. <laughs> this one, it actually is, I think, super important for this scene to happen in the movie, though, because that is obviously a problem with any kind of danger to Sonic. Is he's a speedster? If it, he gets in trouble, obviously he's going to speed away. So. And we, like actually establishing that this is a power that he has and showing what it looks like from his perspective kind of helps to build up the belief that he isn't in any danger so that later on when he does get in danger and they show how that happens, it becomes a lot more chaotic. Also, just before that fight breaks out, mainly the uh, the reason the fight does break out, we learn that Sonic isn't all that strong aside from his strength. Oh, yes. Yeah. He punches Buddy in the face as hard as he, he can. Tries he tries to break a glass bottle over yes. his head. It's can't like, break it. It's like, why isn't this working? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Bar battle. They end up kind of after this bar battle, like, crashing in a motel for a night, which is when Tom first realizes that he's now been branded a terrorist. Uh, and they also discuss kind of bucket lists and... Sonic realizes he's completed a couple things on his bucket list, but not everything on his bucket list. Yeah, this competition starts in the, in the bar, bar, and they do a few of the things off the list. But this is where he prominently sees that the last one that Sonic seems to have is, is make, make a, a real, real friend. friend. Tom realizes that Sonic's main goal is to make a real friend, and Tom's like, I can probably do that, but also don't want to, because I don't want to be friends with this weird alien creature. He's an alien, and for helping him, I've been branded a terrorist by my country. And his dog exists. Yes, yes. his actual best friend, the dog. <laughs> well, I also really like that, where uh, Sonic starts asking about what's on Tom's bucket list the next morning, and Tom's like, I'm not too worried about my bucket list, I got lots of time before I die. Sonic's like, you're best friends with a magnet for danger. He's like, we're not best friends. I got, like, Paul and also my wife. He's like, alright, your best animal friend is a magnet for danger. No, that, that's probably my dog. He's like, I don't want to continue this conversation anymore. It's hurting my feelings. I want to point out one other thing, though, because that's not exactly how he says it, because he's like, well, we got to fish your bucket list because you're leaving planet Earth, whereas I don't plan on dying anytime soon. And Sonic's, Sonic's next line is, are you sure about that? Yes. Not <laughs> like, oh, you're danger, man. He's, he just straight up, are you sure about that? Immediately followed by Tom declaring that he has no intention of dying anytime soon is a massive battle on the highway where Dr. Robotnik send, sends a big tank drone after them to try and destroy the truck that they're driving in and capture them they repeatedly destroy the tank only to realize that there was a smaller tank hiding inside the big tank only for the smaller tank to be hiding a one-wheeled unicycle tank with a machine gun and blades on the axle of the wheel yeah only for that one to be hiding a good-sized drone only for that one to be hiding a tiny drone it's a russian nesting dolls of Drones. Now, uh, this actually had probably one of the two or three scenes that actually made me laugh out loud, which was when they when the, they find out after they break the helicopter one that's a little sticky bomb. Yeah. And he pulls over to the side, and they're trying to do the thing we get rid of it, and then Tom takes it, he's like, throws it, like, it's gone! It's like, no, it's still in your hand! He looks like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, we end up having that whole shenanigans happen. Uh, Sonic manages to take it off his hand, put it on a rock, he's like, got rid of it! I'm the best! And then he does the, like, cool guys, don't look at explosions, slowly walk away, only to realize he is far too close to this explosion to be slowly walking away from his explosion. Yeah. Hit by the explosion, knocked unconscious, in critical condition now, potentially. Yeah, and this is where we do the speed up where it gets to the San Francisco stuff now. And we see that there was absolutely no effect to Tom being a terrorist now. Yeah, other than his sister-in-law, who absolutely hates him, yeah. but to be fair, she already hated him, she just has more ammunition. Yeah. So he takes Sonic to... 
his sister-in-law's house where his wife the veterinarian is, is currently at because she's a vet and she can clearly help fix sonic although she ends up solving the problem with human smelling salts yes so he brings her in there or not her he brings sonic in there uh trying to hide sonic under a blanket at first only for sonic to be revealed he explains what's been going on uh his niece yeah his niece because uh, what ends up happening is they make a comment about how his shoes are so worn and his feet are so damaged because of it. So she just kind of walks off and after they wake him up, he does the line of, gotta go fast, and starts running around the kitchen, obviously. And she brings out a pair of new shoes for him to wear to kind of protect his feet a little bit longer. And they're the classic soap shoes that he gets in Sonic Adventure. The red shoes with the white stripe on them. They're pretty much the iconic Sonic shoe now. Yeah, exactly. So Sonic gets some new shoes to wear to protect his tootsies while he's uh, running around. We also get a very cool explanation where Tom's like, you're a vet. Can you help him while he's like lying on the kitchen island? And she's like, yeah, I'm a vet for, I don't know what this creature is. He's like, he says he's a hedgehog. And she's like, he talks. He's like, yeah. And she's like, hedgehogs don't really talk. I don't think this is a hedgehog. This one talks. And he doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, he's after he wakes up, they take him out of the side. He's like, yeah, he doesn't stop talking. And you hear him talking, and I was like, still going. Still still going. Um, so she ends up, yes. He asks if she has any cat-smelling salts to help wake him up. And she's like, no, but I have human-smelling salts in this first aid kit. And they wake him up with human-smelling salts. We get the gotta go fast line that we've all been waiting for, for all of Sonic. Uh, and then they head downtown to pick up the rings yeah we're pretty much getting to the uh, big climax of the movie this is we're back in san francisco where we had that little hint this is where the story is going to end up uh at the beginning of which the movie. is a fun little reference to the fact that uh one of the sonic levels is actually san francisco as well yeah yeah from sonic adventure 2 him skateboarding down the streets of sonic or uh, oh. of san francisco now uh, an issue i have with this one too is because uh, they're outside the building. He runs off, comes back. He's like, oh, need a key card to get to the top. It's like, so like, we've already seen you can run up structures. Yeah, we've seen you run up walls before. Yeah, I... I also, was, this wall is slightly sanded, so if anything, it should be easier yeah. to run up. I was half expecting them to make that comment. Oh, why didn't you just run up the side of the building? But no, I think they only did it that way just because they wanted to have the little child well, in a bag. Yeah, the child in the bag joke, joke, which was another one I actually had a pretty good chuckle at. It's like, no, it's a child, but it's not mine. It's like, it's not your child. Yeah. He's like, uh, don't worry, he likes it in there. Why would I like it in here? This is worse than the dog cage you had me in earlier. I, I don't think, I think that joke was more so thrown in. I think the main reason they had it set up the way they did was so that they could get Tom and the girlfriend yeah. up to the top of the roof as well. So that Sonic wasn't the only one in danger. Because as we've already stated. And the characters even call out. Sonic I realize you're super fast. And there's really no danger for you. But we're normal humans who move at normal human speeds. We're infinitely more in danger than you could ever be. Yeah, so, because like, once they get up there. And have their nice little heartfelt farewells. That they're going to be never seeing each other again. Sonic's on his way to be on his own. For the rest of his life on a mushroom planet. And then Robotnik shows up with his drones. Yeah, his drones, he's in the, uh, darn, what's the name of his thing again? They didn't actually name it in the uh, movie, did they? But it's no, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a common ship he uses from the games that I can't remember what it's called. 
But he's in that device now, and they're getting ready for the final showdown. Uh, they make fun he... of his outfit, because he's now gone like full Robotnik, where he's wearing essentially all the clothes he wears. He almost has the appearance of the Eggman we know from the yeah, games. Yeah, Sonic like even makes the joke of, call, he calls him Eggman at this point, so the name's kind of there at this point. Uh, and he's about to fire off all the things, like, what are you guys gonna do? And then Sonic pushes both of them off the building. Yeah, he runs back at the door, and they're like, oh, he's gonna get us out of here. And nope, he just jumps off the wall and torpedo kicks them off the building. And that's where he's like, it makes the comment, it's like, oh, didn't expect that. No, of course, I expected something that I didn't expect, so it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's when he fires all the rockets and the machine guns, and, uh... Sonic we, does the final time freeze that was yeah. from the trailer. We get to see him go into Quicksilver mode again where he's tapping bullets as they're coming at him to keep them from hitting him. All he's the redirecting while, rockets in towards some of the egg drones. All at, the while, Dr. Robotnik's finger is slowly approaching some button. Yeah. Because it's important to note, time doesn't stop while this happening. Time is essentially slowed down while uh, he continues yeah. moving. This was something I very much enjoyed that the payoff to the MacGuffin of the quill that he used at this point was... It allows him to use his machine to speed it up. Yeah. Which, yeah. And he I, goes into Sonic Time 2, and that was like, whoa, that's actually a pretty cool way of doing it. Which it's, I also liked, because in the games, whenever you get into a level, you always see Eggman fly past Sonic, who's apparently running really, really fast. Well, let's not forget the end of the game, where Eggman is to fucking outrun Sonic. Yeah, and get away. Yeah. It... I... So I accept that the ship can now go as fast as Sonic because of the quill. It is weird that... It also speeds up Eggman's perceptions that his mind works at the same speed and he can keep up with everything that's happening. That's probably because he sucked on the quill. It's probably because he sucked on the quill. Which, going back to when he's analyzing the quill, when he scans it, it ends up saying, power source unlimited, which I don't think uh, there's a scientific device that would do that normally. I feel like it would just say, like, unmeasurable or something like that. Just this one straight up, yeah, it's unlimited. Yeah. Most scales, it would just be like... This can go beyond what I can measure, so unmeasurable. But no, this one's like, nope, I can measure up to infinite. This one goes beyond infinite. This one's unlimited. Uh, his machine's just that smart. He's like, yeah, I'll never be able to approach where this actually ends, so let's just call it infinite. <laughs> uh, which we realize is exactly what uh, Eggman needed to create a ship that can keep up with Sonic. So now Sonic falling off the building because he got shot by Eggman manages to throw down a ring to catch Tom and Pretzel Lady. Just before they hit the ground and yeah. throw them back to Green Hills. Shooting them very conveniently back into a barn in a pile of hay. Because, <laughs> like, my first I was like, well, they're still dead. Regardless of the fact they fell sideways or down. Yeah. Yeah. But into a pile of hay, which breaks their fall very conveniently. That's only, what I've learned from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, only for a farmer to come out and be like, oh, Tom, there you are. I need your help cleaning up my gutters. <laughs> like, yep, that's the main problem right now. Uh, so Sonic starts running through the streets of San Francisco, causing chaos wherever he goes, because Eggman's following him. And shooting him the entire time, in the busy San Francisco streets. He starts creating rings to kind of teleport all around Earth to get away. Yeah, we get the pyramids, as well as the Great Wall, which have also been Sonic levels. So we're getting kind of like a... A greatest hits of the kind of Sonic world. And then they end up back in Green Hills, where... Sonic's essentially looking dead on the... Yeah, because in the last ring that he jumped through, he was blasted through by a missile. Yeah, this would have been the Pyramid one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, running to the top of a pyramid, he gets blasted. Now, before we get to the Green Hills fight, the one thing I did like from this whole transition was the Paris transition, where the mime does the hand thing. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it looks like the uh, Doctor Strange thing where his hand moves and a portal opens exactly where his hands and are. And the kid watching the show, their eyes just go wide with amazement. It's like, whoa! Yeah, that was spectacular. 
so we end up back in Green Hills, and essentially, uh, Eggman's about to capture Sonic, only for all the people of Green Hills to bound together to protect Sonic, and talk about how he's their best friend, and of course they're going to look out for him and protect him. Yeah, Crazy Carol brings out the chainsaw. Which gears up Sonic's emotion power. This is the third time, so we kind of skipped over the second time we see Sonic's emotions powering him up, which was during that highway battle uh, where Sonic finds out that Tom is leaving for San Francisco. Sonic becomes real mad and allows him to destroy the tank. Now we get to see Sonic emotion number three, which is love and friendship, which is, of course, the most powerful emotion of all. I kind of really wish that when he was powering up for this one, he had have turned into supersonic and gone yellow with the more upturned spiky hair. It would have been cool, but he does need the emeralds for that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they do plan to continue with additional Sonic movies, then they may bring in the Chaos Emeralds at some point. That's fair. Now, uh, the cool thing about this is when he does that final hit to knock him into the uh, Mushroom Zone, that... It does the same thing that the Eggmobile does in all the boss fights in the original Sonic 2, where it does the crinkle thing and the glass breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, because he hits it a hundred times from, like, different yeah. angles. Pardon? But it's always landing on the top half, which was how you'd always beat the bosses in the yes. games. And so part of me also kind of wished that at that scene, there was a little more dodging of Robotnik's firing and attacks, and only hitting the top of the machine three times to break it. <laughs> it's three times it goes down. <laughs> No, I'm kind of glad it, he had to hit it more than three times. That would have been a little bit too much for me. Uh, so yeah, he knocks Eggman back through the portal into the Mushroom Planet. Yeah, Mushroom Hill Zone. Mushroom Hill Zone. And we get to see kind of happy family all talking about how they're friends and family now. Yeah, uh, so uh, we get that fun little moment of like, it's everything's kind of done. There seems to be no fallout of the fact that Tom was a terrorist for a while there, or that the government is aware that Sonic exists. In fact, we get the part where the government comes to the door. Which... The same general who hired Robotnik in the first place comes to the door, and he's like, Hey, Tom, uh, thanks for keeping quiet about everything. Sorry that we never ran... happened. <laughs> keeping quiet about things that never happened. Sorry we branded you a terrorist. Here's uh, something for you. And he hands him an envelope, and Tom's like, Oh, what... What is this? Is this like a small private island that I get to own now? Money to fix the house. Uh, and he opens it up. And this is the payoff to the other Chekhov's gun from the beginning of the game. Which is where we find out that Tom's favorite place on Earth is Olive Garden. Because when you're there, you're family. Yeah, there's which, so much Olive Garden memory. How much money did Olive Garden pay to the fucking Sonic movie? There's so much, like, acknowledgement of Olive Garden being the happiest place on Earth. Yeah, because, like, there's the comments earlier when we were on the phone about going to Olive Garden, and, like, they say the catchphrase there, and then the general's talking about, like, have you seen their endless pastable? It never ends. It's endless. Uh, no, it's, it's bottomless. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's clearly some marketing that's pairing off for Olive Garden, because now we legit... So, as you know, we set up our table full of different, like, items to post on Instagram. We legitimately considered buying an Olive Garden gift card to put on the table to fit it with everything. The problem with that is that where we live, there are no Olive Gardens. Yes, that's why we didn't end up buying an Olive Garden gift card, but otherwise we would have. I think the only Olive Garden that I know of anyway in Canada is in BC. Distinctly possible. I don't know. There's definitely not one here in Halifax or Nova Scotia at all. So, 
that pays off. Then the general's like, by the way, you happen to know where Sonic is? And they're like, <laughs> the no. President, yeah, the president would like to talk to him. Nothing serious, like maybe just some brunch. Like, is he trying to date Sonic? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's definitely trying to fuck Sonic. Uh, another homage to the classic Sonic games. Sonic fucks humans. That's a, that's a thing we know from the Sonic Sonic games. 06, yep. Yeah. Uh, so then we have... James Harrison's like, nope, no idea what you're talking about. He's gone. Left a long time ago. Never uh, see him again. They kind of slam the door in the general's face, and then Sonic comes up, and he's like, hey, let's watch a movie. And they're like, nah, it's a school night. You you gotta go go home. It's three in the afternoon. They tell him to go back to his cave. <laughs> tell him to go back to his cave, and he's like, alright, finally. If he goes for the front door, through which the general's still gotta be on the other side, <laughs> yeah. so thank God they caught him. And they're like, uh, no, what are you doing? He's like, you told me to go back to my cave. And they're like, no. Your cave is clearly in the attic now. And they take him up there and it's this weird heartfelt moment. <laughs> there's the race car bed. There's the race car bed. Uh, we find out that now he is friends with the dog because the dog starts licking his face. He's like, I hate it. I hate it. Stop, stop. All right, keep going. I love you. You're the best. Uh, and then we cut to Mushroom Hill Zone where Eggman is now shaving his head while on the Mushroom Planet. And his mustache has grown out quite excessively. He's got the big frilled mustache, and he's slowly going crazy, which he also acknowledges. But he, he yep. makes like a few comments. He's like they're talking. He says, "And what about you, Stone Agent Stone?" <laughs> it's yeah. like Stone with a face. It's a rock with a face on. He keeps telling it to go do rock connaissance rock and connaissance. throwing the rock ahead of him. <laughs> and then uh, he makes the comment. He's like, uh, "You know, alien planet, no resources, nothing usable. Unless a man would die, I'll be up by December. Maybe setting up a fact we're gonna get Sonic Two this um, holiday season." I'll by Christmas. Uh, I think it'll probably... It's probably more likely it'll be Christmas 2021 than Christmas 2020. That'd be excessive if we got two Sonic movies in one year. I'd love it, but... I mean, I mean I'm holding it up because at the same time, that opening sequence of the Sega logo is like, are they trying to set up like a Sega cinematic universe? I would love a Sega cinematic universe. That would be universe. amazing. So long as we can get Big the Cat in the sequel movie, no, I would love no, it. No, I'm just imagining please. a moment where it's like uh, at the end, like the end of the next movie when that happens. It's like it's just a random person standing. It's like we need more people. We need to get the ninja from Shinobi. We need the man from Golden Axe. <laughs> Although I would love to see a Jet Set Radio movie. <laughs> so we kind of continue. We watch some credits. Here are the people who made the movie possible. Cool, 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 cool. And then we get the uh, the mid credit scene because no one stays for the end of the credits anymore. There, there is no end credit scene. At the, thankfully, at least. Yeah, but, just uh, the mid credit scene of another magical forest critter. Who yeah, we're been... seeing like the things swirl and the ring opens up. I'm like, oh, is like an echidna gonna come through? Is a setup of like the big bad of the next movie? And no, fucking tails comes through, and everyone in my theater gasped. I was what? like, obviously it's fucking Tails. Why are you surprised by this? I, I'll be fair. I was not expecting Tails to show up in this. Now, as soon as the ring showed up, I'm like, oh, Tails is coming. Awesome. Yeah. I thought but, it was going to be the setup of the bad for the next one. That That is a reasonable expectation. But no, I fully was, expected them to introduce Tails by the end of the movie. And have that be the setup where this is going to be like a Batman and Robin type situation. Where the next movie is going to be all about Sonic realizing he needs a new best friend who also has powers. And that's how him and... It's just going to be about him and Tails learning to be each other. Now, yeah, because in this universe that we have that the movie made, Sonic's never met Tails. No, he has not met Tails yet. Which fits with Keith's assumption that this is kind of like a prequel to yeah. the games. Yeah, if it was a prequel to the games, just the vibe I was getting from it. And here's the thing I found interesting. The Sonic voice actor is the Sonic... I mean, not Sonic, the uh, Tails voice actor is the one from the games and like the animated series. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it's Ben Schwartz doing Sonic in this one. So are we 
in the sequel going to have that be the only voice cast member that actually retur- like continues from the games doing Tales only? Or are they going to hmm. cast it again? I don't know. Because there was not a big, there was not a lot of buzz about Tails being in this game at all. I mean, yeah, I know. So I, I feel like that was just another one of the nods to the video games. There's a couple of those that, like, there were definitely some sound cues uh, referencing the old video games. But I, I feel like there's, if they do a sequel and Tails is in it, I think it's possible they'll have the same because they did get that same voice actor for that one line anyway. So. We certainly know that voice actor is on board with voicing Tales for the movies. Yeah. But I also don't think it's necessary that they're going to try and get other voice actors from the games to try and do it. There are other ways of referencing the games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel the fact that they got that voice actor was more to keep the scene under wraps so it wasn't spelled going into it. Yeah. We got a couple more things to talk about. That's kind of the basis of the plots. Probably should talk about whether we liked or disliked and what we liked what we disliked. But I also think we should probably talk about where this is going forward, assuming that they do make a sequel or sequels, where we think it's kind of heading. Well, as, as we find out at the end, uh, Tails makes the whole thing, like, oh, he's definitely here. Hopefully I'm not too late. Clearly in reference to the fact that if he would have left Sonic alone for much longer, he would have gone on a murder spree and became it. Yeah, of course. He's here in time to not save Sonic from some danger, but to save uh, Green Hill's do- zone from the danger that is Sonic. So yeah, what did you guys think? Did you guys like this movie? I liked it, but at the beginning I already said that uh, I liked the movie. It, it was not made for us. It was clearly made uh, as a way of introducing kids to the Sonic universe rather than as a fan. People who are adults now who were fans of Sonic as kids. Yeah, but even so, like, I, I found it enjoyable. Like, it's not a, like a, I need to go back and watch this every year type of movie. Like, it wasn't something amazing like that. But, but it was it's... a good movie. It was entertaining. And for someone who has played the Sonic games and enjoys that stuff, there's a lot of fun nods and things that, like, t- like oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was definitely super enjoyable. And I definitely enjoyed it. And I think it was promising for the future of... Now I think they can make video game movies and people will believe that if they make it right, it will make movie. Or not make movie. It'll make money. It'll make money. And more movie. And And they'll make more movies. So I definitely enjoyed it. I don't think it was the best movie of the year or anything, but no one's expecting it to be that. But I definitely found it super enjoyable. Oh yeah, and I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah, when the sequel comes out, you yeah. gotta rewatch this one to prepare yourself for the sequel. And, and most likely, as you were saying there, how you were upset there was nothing about the Chaos Emeralds in this one. I feel like that's probably where the movie's going into next, because uh, we have the Echidna Tribe, which their whole thing in the Sonic universe is, is protecting the Master Chaos, Chaos Emeralds. So it's probably going to be something along the lines of Eggman, while well, he's in the other universe, finds out about these Chaos Emeralds, and he's going to be collecting them to make something stronger than Sonic. So, or what, maybe, maybe he's going to end up finding one Chaos Emerald yeah, to start things minds. off. I, I, so I'm actually going to talk about my plan. Because I think it's going to be a trilogy of sorts where the next movie is going to be Sonic and Tails working together against the Echidna Clan. Meanwhile, Robotnik's on the Mushroom Planet and they don't really reference him too much. But at the end of the movie, they show him kind of making his way back through to Earth. And then movie three is... Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles working together against Robotnik, who has made his way back to Earth, has found out about Chaos Emeralds, which are an even greater power source than a single quill of Hedgehog uh, fur. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, as you will. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, as they will most certainly call it. So <laughs> I, I, think, hope, I really hope that's what they call it. <laughs> so I think Sonic 2 is going to be Sonic versus... Uh, sorry, Sonic and Tails versus Knuckles, kind of fighting over the Chaos Emeralds and all the different uh, kidnas. And it's going to kind of end with them realizing that there's a bigger threat out there that they need to work together to fight against. 
Now, here's the thing I'm curious about, though, because this one is Sonic in the real world, so they have Jane Marston's character and all that stuff. Are they, are that, is that going to continue? I... Because it feels like if they want to continue with the Sonic story, that it, can't be a thing. I, I'm feeling like they have those characters grounded now as Sonic's friends, but they're no longer terribly of any key importance to any story moving forward. If we're moving in the direction of the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, so what I think might happen is they might be around for the beginning of the second movie. Only for Sonic to realize that it's not about him being in danger from being on Earth. But him being on Earth puts them in danger. So he might... End up leaving them? Or not necessarily leaving them. But like heading off into the wilderness to try and be on the same planet. So he can go to them if they need him. But also not be directly amongst them to draw attention to yeah. them. Well, that's the big question, too. Like, is the movie going to take place on Earth or back on Green Hill Zone? Because if it's a Green Hill Zone, then I feel like the characters, the human characters anyways, don't really work in that environment too no, well. No, they definitely don't if they go back to Green Hill Zone. But, but if if it's the Knuckle, uh, well, the Echidna Clan it's kind of coming to Earth or something coming to Earth, then I can see them continue the characters. Yeah, because I, I definitely see it as... They spent so much of this movie talking about how Sonic has to leave Earth but doesn't want to leave Earth. So I find it unlikely that Sonic leaves Earth. But I think it distinctly possible that, like, one of the Chaos Emeralds... Like, we find out that the Chaos Emeralds exist in the next movie. And they're split up between different planets. Because I believe... I don't remember for sure, but on that piece of paper that Sonic was crossing off... Can't go here, can't go here. I feel like there were six different planets. And, like, five of them were crossed off. And he was circling the Mushroom Planet as the last one left. So I think it's possible that each one of those planets has a different Chaos Emerald. And so maybe uh, Dr. Robotic finds a Chaos Emerald on the Mushroom Planet, and that's how he's able to make it back to Earth. And maybe there's a mushroom or a Chaos Emerald somewhere on Earth that Sonic stumbles across, and that's what causes the Echidna Clan to be like, nope, gotta fuck his shit up, because he's fucking with Chaos Emeralds now. And that's why they were trying to scare him off of Green Hill Zone in the first place, is because of the fact that there was a Chaos Emerald there too or something. Yeah, and something that could get Sonic away from his new family at the beginning of the second movie is Tails showing up. It's like, Tails, like, I found you with a device that's tracking Sonic. Sonic's like, oh no, someone else is trying to find me now. I have no idea who this person is. I don't want them endangering my new friends. Yeah. And it ends up being a lot of Sonic... The classic movie trope of the first half of the movie is them fighting against each other, only for them to realize that they work better when they're working together. Not even them, like, directly fighting, but, like... Tails trying to work with him and Sonic being like, I don't know you or trust you. I can't wait for him to find out that Tails is immortal. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, Tails just gets shot through the heart. He's like, Tails! And then Tails just flies in from off screen. He's like, what's going on? I got all the lives, baby. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, I think it's even a matter of like having all the lives. I just think he's impervious to all harmful damage. Yeah. Do you think they're going to put the... Uh underwater uh, running out of air tune in there at any point well, i hope so because we've had the green hill zone we've had the city zone from uh the sonic adventures games and uh what's to say we're not going to get any of the other zones like the power plant or uh the casino or even the underwater areas i i don't know that they'll necessarily have an underwater area and It'll, have like the tension be that oh he's no. going to run out of air It'll or probably just like be a little gag or something but i think it would be cool to have like a moment where he's clearly in peril and like a boat to die or something like that and have that music playing like he's being chased by the echidnas or something like that 
and they're catching up on him and like shooting arrows or something at him and they're constantly getting closer and they just have that ramping up underwater music and we're like we all know where this is going and then out of nowhere he just catches a bubble and is fine and they're like what the fuck was that bubble what what what's What's going on but no i think it'd be cool for them to include that music in some capacity Uh, another interesting thing to think about is if the if we go off the premise that they're only going to be doing it from the original trilogy so everything up to sonic three and knuckles yes we do have some other interesting villains that could come into play too, such as Metal Sonic. Yes. Do you think they're going to make Metal Sonic look fully realistic, like machinery-wise, or they're going to go cartoony? I think they would go cartoony. I think that would be a chance for them to lean away from the... But also... They and then it just looks grab... like the really poor version of it from the first trailer. Yeah, no. Could you imagine a robot oh version God. of that? I don't want to. But no, I think they'll make it try to look more realistic. Yeah, they've it's gonna been be trying to kind situation. of ground it in yeah, because, the live action nature of it, so I think they probably would. And when we did see the flashback to Sonic's original world when he was a kid, despite how fantastical all of the natural-seeming courses looked with the loop-de-loops, it all looked as real as it could look. Yeah, they tried even with like the square texture on the rock walls, they tried to make that look like a naturally occurring phenomenon. And tried to make it look real. So, yes. I think they'll probably have Dr. Robotnik use the Chaos Emerald or some other power source to create a metal version of Sonic. Honestly, I feel like he already technically would have what he needs to make metal Sonic. They'll probably find a way to use the Quill to power the robot. And as we've seen it, gave him the ability to go as fast as Sonic. Making a robot of Sonic and giving it the Quill might be all he needs, really. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think they could do that. And then he potentially use Robot Sonic to obtain the Chaos Emerald on the Mushroom Planet. So if we do get a sequel and we get... We already know that the Echidna Clan and presumably Knuckles exists in this universe. We now know that Tails exists in this universe. How likely do you think it is that we get Amy in this universe next? Currently with how they're going, I don't think it's going to be soon. Again, I feel like they're very much... They're either doing like lead up to the games... With this movie, so I don't think they have plans to go past probably be the third one. Yes, yeah. they're not going off the original trilogy, but that seems to be what they are very much doing. Yeah, I think they're uh, they're also definitely easing themselves into it and trying to keep it as grounded in reality as possible and keep it to a pace where viewers who aren't specific fans of Sonic aren't going to get thrown off by how weird it is. So even though I made a joke about it earlier, there's no fucking way they're introducing Big the Cat in these games. Yeah, no. Which is a shame because Big the Cat's my favorite. Uh, even though his gameplay was terrible and the worst, I love Big the Cat as you didn't a character. Like the fishing parts? No, I did not like fishing for Froggy. It was his constant hunt for Froggy. That was his entire campaign. Uh, but I do love Big the Cat as a character. Uh, I don't think he's getting into any of the games. Do you think we get the egg carrier at some point? We've got to. The egg carrier is such a staple. I I would want us to get the egg carrier. I think that would be spectacular. Um, I mean, it'll probably start out as some sort of spaceship. Because that might even be how... I, yeah, that could be how Eggman gets back, because he doesn't have rings, so he has to fly back because it's planets. So Yeah, it's not different dimensions, yeah. it's different planets. So he gets, let's say the Chaos Emerald uses that to, to power, the, power egg carrier. Uh, the egg carrier. I believe in some of uh, the games that's even what it is used to power the carrier. Because he hasn't started using little force creatures to power his machines yet. Yeah, so he uses that to fly back, and while he's flying back... He starts fucking around with the quill and creating Metal Sonic on the spaceship while flying back. And then it ends up being 
uh, Metal Sonic introduced in like the third movie. Uh, so I definitely think we could get the egg carry. I definitely think we'll get the Metal Sonic. Well, I don't definitely think we'll get Metal Sonic. But I think it would be reasonable for them to have Metal Sonic. Well, I feel like the next big thing for Eggman to do is create Metal Sonic. Yes. Eggman fighting Sonic on his own is already proved to fail, so he needs to make something. What's more powerful than Sonic? The the machine version of Sonic. From what we've gathered of Eggman right now, he's not going to try the same thing that's failed already. He'll have learned from his mistakes and realize he needs to take a different approach. I really want to see him at some point put force critters inside robots well, and make them fight on his side. I feel like they've already also set that up with the fact that he's found that, oh, Sonic has infinite power potential. Maybe that's just because he's from this other planet, and that's the basis behind him getting the animals, that they have the same sort of power source within them. Maybe not manifested within speed, but still enough well, to power some sort, Yeah, some sort of alternate energy source. Like, the echidnas have infinite physical force. They they're, can... they're as strong as Sonic is fast. Exactly. They glide by punching forwards. Or pausing the game. <laughs> I mean, Sonic made the joke about having a bonus life, so I would be surprised if one of the kids make a joke about pausing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i going to be honest, I don't know if anything we've discussed is actually going to happen, but I'd be so down for it if everything we've discussed is in the future yeah. movies. I doubt we'd see Amy getting introduced, but... I honestly I, hope we don't get yeah, Amy no. introduced. She's an annoying fucking yeah, character. But also, with Tails confirmed to be here for a potential second movie i can also see another character being introduced be it knuckles towards the end of the second movie or some other oc sonic character <laughs> we get to see long claw's lost brother i mean i feel Dirt like shovel who's long- actually a mole <laughs> i feel like long claw is probably going to come back yes i i don't think we've seen the last of long claw i think it would be poignant for them to have robotnik in his egg carrier, trying to track down the source of Sonic's power, and he ends up going to Green Hill Zone, and that's... And capturing Longclaw. Capturing Longclaw, and maybe putting her inside of a robot to fight against Sonic. Yeah, and to be fair, at the same time, there's no indication how long uh, the Sonic scene where he finds that his cave is actually the attic, and Tails getting there, how much time is between that? That could be a time jump that we're witnessing. Yeah. Yeah. And the Tails thing could be the first scene of the next movie that takes place, you know, a year later. Yeah, because as the mid-credit scenes, it could very easily be Eggman's gotten his egg carrier, he's gone, he's picked up Long Claw, put her in a robot, and he's now fighting against Sonic, and that's when Tails shows up, and he's like, hopefully I'm still in time to save him. Yeah, it could be something like, maybe Robotnik's already got to Green Hill Zone, and he's already enslaving the animals, and he knows that, oh, Sonic is this person that has this power. He needs to get Sonic to go to Green Hill Zone to save Green Hill Zone. Or for all we know... Tails arrived when they were in San Francisco, and Tails can't move fast like Sonic, so he's flying to San Francisco, then all of a sudden he's getting a reading that Tails is off in China. It's like, okay, I've got to start crossing the ocean now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I definitely want to see Tails and Sonic as best friends fighting against Knuckles and then fighting alongside Knuckles against Robotnik. I want to see Metal Sonic. I want to see the Egg Care. I think all of those things are reasonable to explain experience not necessarily in the next movie but if they do end up making like a sonic trilogy to see all of those things in the sonic trilogy i want to see big the cat i'm not going to see big the cat i've already accepted that for myself (laughs) if you're seeing big the cat i'll accept it as just a little side character that shows up in a scene or like not even acknowledged as just just like a reference where like tom's vet girlfriend or vet wife is like taking care of a cat who's like 
sickness is making it look purple. And, like, Tom makes a joke about how that's one very big cat, and that's the only acknowledgement <laughs> of this reference to Big the Cat. And it's constantly hunting frogs. Yeah, that's what makes it sick. It ate it, a frog. It ate a weird-tailed frog. A frog that ate a Chaos Emerald. So, I kind of want this to be what our podcast is about. <laughs> I want to talk about Sonic more. I mean, if they release we'll have more to wait, movies... We'll, we'll have get... to wait for the more movies to come up for us to talk about. Yes. Alright, so, anything else you guys want to talk about? I know, I think we touched about everything. This, this was a good one. Alright, thank you for listening. Uh, as a reminder, our podcast can be found on all major podcasting services. So, iTunes, Google Play. Spotify's a big one. Spotify's a big one. I think YouTube so. as well. Yes, we can be found on YouTube now as well. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Check out our Instagram account where you can see photos of our uh, different items on our tables to get a bit of a... Hint going forward about what we're going to talk about. And as always, uh, we do put up the hint when we're recording, and we want to see if you can guess it before the episode comes out. As of right now, no one has guessed the episode, but uh, we'll give you a shout in the next one if you do happen to guess it between now and when the episode comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Which, for those of you listening to this, is right now. Yeah, so right <laughs> you now. You guessed we... it by now. You should have luck. Yeah. All right, so once again. Make sure you turn in uh, fortnightly for our episode. So in two weeks' time, you'll hear another episode from us. Also, be sure to shoot us an email if you have any ideas uh, you'd like us to talk about. Uh, and make sure you kind of like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast so you can see even more. Uh, I know some of the podcasting services don't allow you to comment, so just like hit up our YouTube page and comment there. I know that's a fun place to comment and... Definitely won't hurt my feelings reading comments on that. <laughs> or just send us an email. We also have that as well. Yeah, our email is whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. 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 Make sure to tune in when we do our next episode. Uh, but there's, there's still one thing I'm wondering about this particular topic. Yeah, sorry. I We must have skipped over something. What did you want to talk about? Oh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of got like fantastical elements. but also, Yeah, like, yeah, like you got the, Sonic's magic powers. But it's also planets and he's a space hog. So is it more of like a fantasy story or a sci-fi story? I don't know. Sci-fi versus fantasy. I'm, huh. I'm unsure. Another homage to the classic Sonic games, Sonic fucks humans. That's a, that's a thing we know from the Sonic.